This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 69. Woohoo! Loving the little whips now. <laughs> Woohoo! <Yeah. laughs> it's almost yeah. become your own little signature, signature I, intro. I know, I was thinking I'll have to remember to always do it, because there's, um, there's a podcast I listen to called The Memory Cheats, and whenever they announce what episode they're doing, the guy does this manic laugh. And I noticed <laughs> on the last couple that he hasn't done it. And it's really weird. I was thinking, why is he not doing the laugh? Um, and it's, apparently it's because he had a bad throat. Uh, so, oh, okay. um, so it's kind of weird how you sort of notice these things when they're not there. I have to remember to do it every episode now. Yeah, it's a bit like... Um, Become my thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's your new thing. Yeah. We had a thing, didn't we? A while ago. We've had a few things. What was what was the one you were yeah. thinking of? Yeah, we had... Um, coming from somewhere in space and time... Yeah, this yeah, is, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. We need to find out what it is because I quite like that. Because my geek sandbag thing is coming from somewhere in the middle of nowhere. That's right. Yeah. And you used to say something that was sort of similar, and I quite liked the fact that we both had this this little thing. Um, but we've kind of yeah, it's kind of been forgotten about, hasn't it? As we've gone on, we'll have to we'll have to dig out an old podcast and find out what that was. Hmm. It was something like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, coming at you from somewhere in space and time. I think. Yeah, that was it. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea why. Why we stop saying that? No. Well, well, probably I just forgot one week and then he <laughs> just carried on from there. Yeah, but it's easily done. I do it with the with the videos. Actually, I used to say every video, and then I realised I'd forgotten. It's easily easy to forget. It is easily done. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for joining us, guys. Hope you've had a cracking week. Uh, we've got a cool show coming up for you. We're going to crack on with some news in a little while, and then we're going to get into our review of the End of Time Part Part One, one. <laughs> where we can. Uh, Rewind time a little bit. Go back to uh, go back to the tenant years, mm. or the end of the tenant years. Have we ever done this before, where we've broken a an episode up and done like part one and two? Because there's, you know, not, I don't mm. think we have. There's not many stories that actually sort of do it. I mean, obviously in in series nine, you know, there was parts one and two. Um, but yeah, there's not that many in the sort of tenant era. Not in the mm. tenant era, no. I don't think we've. Kill it, no. mm, well, I guess the only way we've done it is by default with series nine, where they're all well, most of them were two parters in themselves, but we haven't broken them up from the other the other Doctor eras. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. actually, it's um, I, I kind of wish they had their own titles. So it seems almost a bit lazy. Part one, <laughs> part two. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it's because it is all one big story, but you know. Yeah. Well, they did it for well, like I said, for series nine, we had. Things like the Zygon invasion, the Zygon inversion. Mm. You know, uh, what else we have? Uh, well, the opening ones, The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch is Familiar. That's, it was yeah. the same story, but a bit more creative with the titles. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So once again, Stephen Moffat, we know you listen. <laughs> Maybe take this on board moving forward. Keep these two parts with the unique names and stuff. Yeah, I think I like it better. Yeah. 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 What have you been up to, you, mate? Um, what have I been up to? Um, I've been getting kind of festive. My Doctor Who Christmas jumper 
arrived uh, from BBC Shop yesterday. I took advantage of their one day 20% off because um, I've been eyeing up the Christmas jumpers ever since you bought one at the festival. And um, I really wanted that one, actually, the one you got, the blue one. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. it sold out. It's, it sold out pretty quick, actually, because I kept looking at it and I thought, oh, I'll probably get one nearer to the time. Yeah. And, uh, and then it suddenly vanished off the off the BBC, because it was a BBC shop exclusive, the one you got, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the red one, and I was a bit like, nah, I don't really want the red one. I'll wait till they get the other one back in. And, the, and they didn't. And then they did the 20% off deal the other day. And I, I've never had a Christmas jumper before, and I thought, if I'm going to get one, then obviously it has to be a Doctor Who one. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so I, so I, I, I bought it, and it arrived uh, pretty quick. So, yeah, it arrived yesterday. I tried it on. I look ridiculous in it. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it's got the biggest neck uh, line, or whatever you call it, that I've ever seen. I mean, I put it on, and it's, um, it looks a bit like, you know that robot that's in the Christmas special fourth going Christmas special that's got no head okay it's yeah. like that it's just got this <laughs> massive um, massive sort of uh, gap around the neck so i'll probably have to wear a t-shirt or something under it so i've got visions of me absolutely sweltering on christmas day um but yeah it's pretty nice so yeah that's cool and um i've also ah oh, man i don't know about you because i know you got this as well but i listened to the first part in the war doctor set oh, i've um, not got that oh i thought you had no Oh, right. Okay. Well, it was released on Monday. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, because I bought it direct from Big Finish, I get the download immediately. So I, I downloaded it straight away and uh, listened to a bit of it on Tuesday. I listened to the first story, actually. I loved it. I loved it. I can't wait to listen to the rest of it. Um, a nice sort of simple story, but it's just, yeah, it's epic. Really, really good. And wow. In fact, I thought, um, I actually wondered if I'd um, started on the wrong story but to begin with because it kind of kicks straight into the action right and it felt like it was i thought oh have i put part two on by mistake or something because yeah it just get kicked straight in with the story um john hurt is just superb and he really gives hartnell a run for his money and being grumpy oh really <laughs> he's, he's really <laughs> grumpy really tetchy in it um right. but he's so likable as well and jacqueline pierce is just brilliant in it um as a uh, uh, what's she called, Lady President or something? I've forgotten now, but you know, yeah. Oh, you've got to, you've got. I can't recommend it enough. I've only listened to the first story, so hopefully the the other ones are as good. But um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Okay. So that's been my that's sort of been my bit of who this week. I don't think I've really been been up to much else. Uh, mainly just um, gearing up for Crimbo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been me. What What about you? Uh, pretty much the same, getting into the festive bit. I can't believe Christmas is next week. I know. It's pretty crazy. It's come around really fast. Um, Always does. Yeah, so rocking the old Who jumper. Mm-hmm. It is very warm. I, I can't wear it all day. Oh, I know. By lunchtime, I'm I'm sweating quite. I mean, it's really, really warm. I've, and one thing that's, um, that's, re- that's really annoyed me this year, and it shouldn't annoy me, but it has, and that is the weather. <laughs> what? Because it doesn't feel Christmassy? No. It's it, we've. I'm not sure what it's like. Um, I know it's quite cold. I mean, I know some parts of the country have had really bad weather with like really bad floods in Cumbria and stuff. So I'm I'm not going to moan about the weather too much. But it seems to be in that annoying uh, bit where it's really mild. So it's not warm and it's not cold. It just doesn't feel wintry and Christmassy enough. Mm. Um, so I know it's fairly cold up north. Um, I think we're going up to Newcastle for New Year. Yeah, because we've got some friends up, family up there. But um, so I know it's cold there, um, but down here, down south, 
it's like 14 degrees today. It's nearly 15 degrees. Yeah. That's like uh, end of August, beginning of September. I know. There was a thing on the news about it, actually, on my local news, saying people are still wearing T-shirts and shorts in December. I was wearing shorts yesterday. <laughs> Were All you? day, yeah. Yeah, it Not, was, yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't go out anywhere, but, you know, around the house, there's no way I could wear jeans or anything. It's just too hot. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it, for, for December? But you know this means we're going to get a mental um, January, uh, February. It's Because normally if we get a warm December, it means January, February. Just, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, so prepare yourself. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have said that now, should I? It's going to blizzard like... a storm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, getting excited about Star Wars, going to see that tonight, mm -hmm. as are you. Yeah, so I'm going to see it. Yeah, well, by the time this podcast goes out, I will have seen it. Yeah. Um, I've had to keep off all social media because it's just, yeah, people are just, it's everywhere. Um, you, you can't avoid it. Um, so I feel sorry for anyone that's not into Star Wars because <clears throat> me and you both love it. So I'm, I'm guessing like me, you're just, just loving it being everywhere. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I just want to see it before I hear anything about it. Yeah, I've tried my best to stay <laughs> off of facebook and twitter and youtube all this star wars stuff because i think they had the premieres didn't they they had yeah. the london one was it last night or the night before and then the world one in la i think on monday um and since then people have been putting out reviews and they're meant to be non-spoilery but even that you can still get a little gist of the story I, I don't want anything to do with that so yeah it's hard isn't it it's hard to stay off of all that stuff when it's like you say it's everywhere in your face it's literally everywhere. In fact, there was a thing on my local news yesterday saying that they'd realised from an aerial shot that they'd filmed some of it um, fairly local to me, and I can't remember the name of the place. And um, it was in this sort of um, real sort of rustic area, um, but they wouldn't even let the news people in. They sort of they'd phoned them to say, "Oh, we heard, you know, we we know you filmed. They filmed Star Wars here. Can we come and do our report from the location?" And it was so high security and so under wraps. They were like, "No." So they were just filming it out sort of um, in front of this wire gate. And you right. could just about see this turret <laughs> you can make out in the in the trailer in the background. And that was it. But, you know, me and my locations, so I was thinking, oh, all right, I'm going to have to find that now. But, yep, yep. yeah, it seems like you can't get anywhere near it. So I may not bother. <laughs> yeah. Actually, talking of YouTube mm -hmm. and browsing on YouTube, um, have you seen the, uh, the Chris Eccleston video? Yes. What, for Daniel? For Daniel, Don't... yeah. Daniel Doctor Who, Doctor Who Daniel. Um, yeah, I did, and do you know what? I I really thought it was just lovely. It's um, what is it? Just under a minute long, and he's just sort of chatting, and it feels like he's literally just um, what can I put? It just feels really genuine. Mm -hmm. It's just like he's just sort of right. Um, it's not like it's pre-planned. I mean, it's like um, he's just sort of waffling on a bit for a couple of minutes, um, trying to make jokes, and then he kind of realizes that you know he's just talking <laughs> nonsense. So then he becomes very sort of almost emotional, and it's a really lovely clip. I've yeah. got to say, I know we've yeah. we, you know we've sort of joked about Chris in the past and 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 stuff like that, but um, I mean we both love him as the Doctor, but I think just because he doesn't have anything to do with the show, we've kind of said. You know things of the past, but this I just yeah he's gone up a, a million percent in my opinion after watching that. I thought it was a really really lovely clip. Yeah, it really it, um, that's the thing with with Eccleston. We have given him some stick, haven't we, in in the past? Uh, where, <laughs> yeah. You know where we've not about his doctor or his character, but about his involvement in the show and fans and stuff. Mm. Um, and I think that's more because people like David Tennant and Peter Capaldi do so much. Yeah, you know, and they're always really up for talking about who they never shy away from it all that stuff whereas Eccleston has distanced himself mm. as we've said many times but when he does stuff like this it just completely 
it erases all like the bad vibes that we've spoken about really so oh it totally um, does because yeah. I, I think you know he's one of my favorite i can never decide on who's my favorite new doctor if you like out of the new series and he's i just really do love his doctor mm-hmm. so it's quite frustrating that he's not sort of more involved but i kind of get it i think it's just the way he is but yeah what what a great little clip and um uh, the, the the doctor daniel thinks just done amazing isn't it um yes. you know so, uh, so did you see the sylvester mccoy clip that he did yeah yeah that was awesome that was great yeah. and um obviously the moth did a clip and peter capaldi went in and visited him it's it's been brilliant i'm 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 so pleased. It's, yeah. it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm glad that we had an opportunity to contribute to that as well. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Daniel should be getting his book, I think, any day now. Excellent. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. And uh, and like we said last week, you know, um, you know, huge props to Martin at Bad Wolf and the Geek Syndicate site for making this all happen. If it's going to, um, you know, if it's going to make make Daniel feel better and you know get him through this time, then then that's that's a really good thing. So. Yeah, like you said, I think the word I'd use is it's really, really heartwarming, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, good yeah. stuff, guys. Talking of books, I see our competition winner, Adam Petty. Um, he got his books this week. I saw he posted a photo on our Facebook page. He did. Yeah, great picture. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, he um, he got them late because I was, I was every morning I was like, hmm, I need to post these out. Should I open <laughs> them and read them, though? <laughs> no no so um but yeah he eventually got them so um and they look really cool as well so um we, so. i could just imagine you really carefully trying to read them so you don't bend the spine so that you can't tell <laughs> yeah yeah no because um i couldn't have got away with it because they were all they were like shrink wrap packaged up so oh, he would have known if if it, you know if he got them and they're all loose and <laughs> you know the pay the turn the pages turned over and it's so, terrible I, I, funny enough i was thinking of doing the same thing with um i've bought Oh, uh, my mum does listen to this, actually. No, it's fine. She, I'll tell her. I have bought her something for Christmas. I've just realised oh, no. it away. I bought her a book for Christmas and I was going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Man. My mum does listen to this, actually, sometimes. But she's. I think she's a few episodes behind, so we should be fine. <laughs> yeah. She'll I, be like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, hopefully if she listens after Christmas, she'd have got away with it. I'll just tell her. I'll yeah. just say, mum, this this week's is so full of bad language just don't don't <laughs> listen to it because yeah. <laughs> uh, she'll tell me talking of posting things i meant to ask you before we kicked off um did you get my christmas card yet uh, i haven't yet no oh all right then okay well it's on its way <laughs> i'm just uh, just so uh, so paranoid about post but i got yours and uh, it was um an awesomely themed doctor who one and it opened when you open it the dalek um kind of shouts and screams at you it's brilliant thanks what, for yeah. that ordered you is to that- celebrate that's right. It's yeah. actually it's above my head, and I would reach up and and get it and play it, but um, for the benefit of the the listeners, I won't because w- my microphone's a bit touchy, isn't it? And oh, I yeah. can't yeah. actually move at the minute because if I move, it's liable to crack up. So you'll have to take my word for it. Maybe next week I'll actually have it to hand, and I'll be able to open it and play it to you. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah thanks for that cool card. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I have sent you one. It's. Um, I think it's uh, it'll appeal to you. I, I was going to say it's it's probably I think yours has probably topped it, but uh, yeah, hopefully my one will appeal to you as well. I look for I look forward to receiving that. <laughs> we'll yeah. we'll put a review up on the website. <laughs> of course, Ho- hopefully yeah, hopefully the post one uh, will will deliver it. Yeah. Oh yeah, the old posty. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, no, not much. Oh, I've been playing around. Um, I think it was last month. <laughs> um, the BBC released all of their. Uh, library digitally 
so they opened up the BBC store. And um, I popped on there and bought a few classic stuff. Um, and they've, they've now extended the functionality through to the iPlayer as well. So any episodes that you buy through the BBC store, you can watch via your iPlayer account. Ah, which is great because you the only cool. yeah the only way to do it before was to watch it in the not so great player on the BBC store website or download it. Yeah. But now it just yeah it just backs everything up to your iPlayer which is cool. So I um uh, I watched uh, our review episode the end of time part 1. I watched it on Blu-ray the other day. Um but then I needed to do some I needed to do a trailer clip for before the review so I bought it through the BBC store. Parts 1 and 2 it was only 2 pound. Two pound forty nine, oh right, in HD. So it was a fiver for both of them. Yeah, which is pretty good. But um, yeah, I watched the Pyramids of Mars. Oh, last night through the i through iPlayer. Yeah, I tell you what, somebody asked me what the quality was like, and um, it's actually pretty good. You know, it's actually okay. I, I mm. think if if I had iPlayer open and a DVD open, I think you would struggle to see the difference between the two of them. Really? Yeah, the quality is really good for the classic stuff, actually. Yeah, I must admit, sometimes it really is. I, I often think, because I, I know when they released Spearhead from Space on Blu-ray, how amazing it looked. And oh, I, yeah. I was saying, yeah. oh, I wish they'd do some more. And everyone was like, well, no, they can't because, you know, Spearhead was the only one filmed on, on all on film and stuff. And I was thinking, well, I don't know, actually. Some of the, some of the old ones, although they're a bit grainy and stuff, they actually do stand up pretty well. Um, it's only really a lot of the Pertwee ones that, sadly, because... Um, of the source material often look a bit um, uh, grainy and, and, and the colours bleed a lot. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the sort of Baker ones, I think, they do. They look pretty good. Mm -hmm. Talking of the spearhead from space. Oh, yeah. Not the, sorry. So talking of spearhead from space, um, that's another one that I would like to do with you. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Because I did that way back in episode two. Did you? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, on me, Todd. So I'd like to do that one with you, buddy, at some point next oh, year. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. We'll put it on the list. Yeah, we're going to have to start. Um, that's going to be great, actually. We're going to have to start putting up our throwing together a schedule for next year. Um, yes. Yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I think mm. um, I think enough time has gone past now that we can include Series 8, the odd episode from that next year, Capaldi's first series. Yeah, we did. We've done. We did do most of those, though, didn't we? At the time. Yeah, but we can we can reflect. All oh, right, we can okay. rewatch. I mean, we can pick out a couple of the best ones. Yeah, I think I'm just trying to get out of rewatching for in the forest of the night. <laughs> oh crap! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, oh yeah. Um, when I say you know, a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. You know the better ones, maybe. Yeah, we could go back and revisit. Actually, I think there was a couple we missed out because I remember you asking me about one recently that we we thought in both of us thought in our head we'd done because I sort I think I came on board the podcast sort of mid series, so that there were a couple I think it was a couple of weeks where you weren't able to record, so a couple of episodes did get missed. Um, so yeah, it would be good to to pick out a couple of those and perhaps fill in those gaps um, that that we have. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think what episode it was. I remember you saying to me, oh, what if we score such and such? And I was like, I don't know, but we did do it. It might be Into the Dalek or something like that. And we went back and looked through the list and it, and it, and it never got done because I think it was um, sort of in the transition of me joining and you doing it on your own. And, and yes. so it kind of got missed. So, yeah, there are a couple. There's yeah. three that we didn't do. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Into the Dalek, uh, Time Heist and The Caretaker. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so you jumped on board for Flatline. Wow. 
obviously before then you did deep breath the oh that's right the opening yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. But so there's a few that we haven't done together so maybe we can pick one of those see in my head i can I, I see the memory cheats because i thought i would the memory almost, cheats the memory cheats i thought we did i'm pretty sure we did the caretaker i sort of remember talking with you about it but oh it's mad, mad, mad isn't it yeah flatline buddy flatline okay mm. yeah so that's good see so we can go back and do some of those yes in a nutshell next mm. year we're going to have loads of cool loads of cool who to review yeah. from the classic years and the new stuff well we don't know when we're going to get new who do we so um, usual, yeah, so sorry. we're going to have to fill in you have to fill in a lot of time yeah which is going to be great actually i'm going to love it yeah i think we might throw in some some big finish reviews next year yeah that'll be good so yeah we're gonna have plenty of cool stuff yeah loads of good stuff and i think waffle time's done Okay. Let's land it and do the news. Let's do the news. First up this week, if you're into reading scripts... If you want to delve a bit more into what the uh, what the actors have to go through and learn and get their head around before they start filming, uh, you can do that with the um, the two the two the last two episodes of series nine. Mm -hmm. So the Beeb um, on their website have made um, the scripts for Heaven Sent and Hellbent uh, available free to download, um, along with some storyboards for Hellbent and some other bits and pieces and. Um, uh, yeah, I think this is really cool. I think if um, if if you really like the story behind um, the finale of this past series, um, reading the script um, uh, kind of gives you a bit of an insight into um, exactly how people like Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman and those people how they actually interpret. Because it's always we all I think um, me certainly um, we kind of take for granted sometimes. Um, just how just how much there is you know how there, how much there is to do in mm. in acting and um because i think like i said myself included sometimes i think it's a case of they just turn up they you know read their script for a little while to memorize it and then off they go um but there's actually a lot of work that goes into um each episode and each script and so on so when you when you've got the opportunity to download and and have a read through it really does make you appreciate, you know, just how well and how good the actors are on the show. Because I think, you know, anybody can look at a script and and read through the lines, if you like. Mm. But, you know, there's no, you know, the director gives them, you know, varying degrees of uh, direction, you know, and, and how they, you know, the scene is and what, you know, the, this part of the story and all that kind of stuff. But it really is down to the actors to interpret those lines. Yeah. and And it's down to them to really... Uh, sort of delve into their, their characters that they've created. You know, these actors have, you know, they would have been, you know, when they joined the show, They apart from the Doctor, we all, you know, we all know, you know, the, the story of the Doctor, but especially like the companions and the supporting cast. It's up to those guys to really take the script and create something out of nothing, really. Mm. It's down to them to to do all that stuff. So I find these really interesting. It's great. And we'll I'll stick a link um uh, in the show notes so you can go off and do it or just do a search on the BBC website you'll find them but they're a really good read it really does give you a good insight into um, this part of the process so if you're into your scripts you can uh, and I think they've I think they've released um, some other ones 
um, uh, over the past I don't know how many years, but I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a BBC webpage called the Script Library. Oh right, okay. I'm pretty sure there's that on there somewhere. I'll have a dig around, and if I can mm. find that, I'll stick a link to it as well. But I know that there's a there's a a script for a tenant story knocking about, and another Capaldi story, I believe. It so is, is it, I was going to ask you if they'd done any more, actually, because it is a nice idea. I, when, when I saw this yesterday, I thought, it's, um, yeah, it's a really nice idea, and I, th- I was wondering if they'd done any more. Yeah, really I'm pretty sure they scripts. have, yeah. Um, have they, yeah, another, oh, yeah, Face the Raven. Oh, right, okay. Yes, they, um, that one's out there as well. Um, so, yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, it's a great read. It really is. I was also thinking about what you were just saying there about, um, you know, visualizing it in your head as well. Because if you sort of think, because obviously these are both Stephen Moffat scripts, and he's often quite um, ambitious, I think. So you sort of also take into account that what he writes on the page and what he's imagining at the time has to be realized on the screen by the production. Yeah. Um, and obviously, due to budget and that, it doesn't always um, sort of come off you know, as much as he would want. So I'm sort of thinking back to like, for example, the girl in the fireplace. I remember seeing an interview with the boss saying when he wrote it on the page, you know, the doctor bursting out of the mirror <laughs> on a horse, you know. So when you read it on the script, you can actually sort of picture it, how it, you know, would have been. And then you're sort of saying, you know, they did their best at the time, but it wasn't really quite as good as he had hoped, you know, the actual finished, um, what actually ended up on screen. Yeah. So that's the other good thing about these scripts. So you can sort of almost get a bit more in depth of what he imagined the story looking like as well mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's interesting i'm glad they've released these yeah and um you know it's a shame that they haven't got the script out there for um what was the episode that we completely destroyed um, um you know the found sleep footage, no more sleep, sleep no, more. no more it's a shame that <laughs> script isn't out there because you know you can print that off and it can be used to keep the fire burning yeah, it's funny actually because I follow um, I follow Rishi Smith on Twitter, um, and uh, you know I I know Reece, I've I've seen a documentary where he's like um, I think it's after Psychoville went out he goes and buys all the newspapers he's he reads all the reviews and stuff and I think he's um, oh yeah so I was thinking oh dear I don't know what he made made of uh, the reaction to it but yeah anyway very good idea and um, yeah if you do find any more let us know because I'd, I'd quite like to have a look at these yeah yeah. Okay, um, in other news, we've got some broadcast times confirmed for this year's Christmas special, The Husbands of River Song. <laughs> um, we, well, as we know, ours is going out at 5.15, so quite an early time slot for the UK. Mm, that's um, cool. Yep. The, our buddies over in the US of A, they're going to get it a uh, much later time, 9pm over there. Mm. Uh, and the same in Canada. Um what else have we got? Asia Pacific. They're even later. Ten, oh, no, sorry. 10 a.m. So actually they're getting it in the morning. That's Boxing Ten, Day. That's Boxing Day, yeah, yeah. on the 26th. Um, I did notice, um, well, what about our friends in Australia, actually? Sorry, Australia ABC. They are getting it. Um, oh, they're getting it Boxing Day at 7.30 p.m. It's quite, that's like a whole day. That's a complete, you know, 24 hours later. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, just looking through, and I noticed we're getting a, the UK is getting a BBC Two repeat on Tuesday the 29th at 2.50 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> which I can't imagine is going to add on many viewing figures. But Yeah, I think that's because it's a sign language episode. So those oh, ones, yeah. right, okay. I did think it was odd. I was thinking, yeah. what on earth is it doing <laughs> on at that time? So, oh, right, okay, so it's a British sign language version. All right. Yeah. I guess they'll repeat it yes. quite a bit, actually, after that. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, which... our poor buddies over in Germany, mm. not getting it until the 28th of January. Oh, blimey. So you, that's like literally over a month later. So I'm sure you you guys will find a way to see it before think, then. Yeah, I think it's because it, it says it's going to be dubbed into German. So maybe it's just taking that bit longer to, to get it dubbed. Oh, um, true. Yeah, <laughs> should be interested. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I like the broadcast time for us though. Five fifteen. It's a nice. Um, I'm. We do this. I'm not sure if everyone do this, but uh, I, normally Christmas dinner is a bit earlier on Christmas Day, isn't it? Yeah. Cr- Christmas dinner normally in the UK is normally served up a bit. It's kind of mid afternoonish, I guess. Mm. Um, so hopefully, loads of people will be done, and they can just veg out on the sofa, ready to watch who. Yeah, because I was thinking when it was first announced, I thought it was a bit early, but now I've thought about it. I think you're right, because we saw, yeah, Christmas dinner, by about five o'clock, you're kind of, it's when crackers and cheese and bits of ham start coming out and yep. and all the cold turkey that hasn't been eaten and all that. <laughs> so, yeah, so may, maybe it is a good time. Yeah, I was thinking it, it should have been on a bit later, but may, maybe it is a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, the Husbands of River Song. Mm. Um, we're looking forward to that one. We've got some, um, yeah got some some interesting thoughts on on that's going to be an interesting review anyway yes it's only a, a week a week to go yeah a week to go and um yeah but at least we get to see a new sonic that's true yeah yeah because yeah, we've seen very little of it very in, little yeah. very little of it in the end of hellbend didn't we so yeah which brings us on to our last new story mm. uh those guys over at rubber oh yes those fantastic rubber replicas uh, have given us a nice close-up shot of their uh, new Sonic replica. Mm-hmm. And it looks gorgeous. Oh, it really does. Yeah. I know a lot of people have said, oh, I'm not really keen on this. The shape's a bit weird and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't know. I just There's something about it. I just It looks really, really good. So, um, And these guys, they, um, you know, in the world of replicas, I don't think they've done anything... I don't think they've ever done anything bad, really. All of their stuff, right from, you know, from from years ago. Even something simple. You know um, uh, the Matt Smith episode with the little black cubes? Oh, yeah. Um, and as you would expect, um, I cannot remember the name of the episode. Uh, something of three, was it? Three? The Power of three? Power of three, yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, they even released those. And even as something as simple as a, a, a plain black cube just looked awesome. So this looks really, really good. Um, it does look slightly green in the photo that I've seen mm, here. It's, um, yeah. Uh, it looks like, um, yeah, because I thought it was just all blue. Certainly in the episode where um, Capaldi gets his new Sonic at the end, at the is end it of the, Hellbent, it does look blue, definitely, but this one looks quite green. So, Is it the light, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, at the end? Is that green? Um, yeah, <clears throat> so... For those of you who know about this Sonic, it's like um, like the top half of it. It almost looks. It's like um the Tardis windows. It, yeah. It's that kind of feeling that I get from it, and the light is is obviously shining all the way through that top half. And uh, I'm pretty sure in the episode it was definitely blue, but it might just be the lighting in this photo. Could be, yeah, or maybe a different setting. I, I love all the, I love the gold and the silver and the blue together. I think that looks looks really, really nice. I'm trying not to look too much at this because it's gonna be, it's gonna be um, really expensive, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's quite detailed as well. It's got all like these little rivets on it and screws and little moving parts. It's really cool. 
Yeah. So I bet Capaldi is thrilled to have his own <laughs> Sonic looking as cool as this. So. I wonder if he's more careful with it than Matt Smith, because Matt Smith was um, famous for constantly breaking his Sonic and that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the same thing with, um, that happened to Tennant a couple of times as well. Mm. And I think in a couple of the episodes, I'll, I have to have to retrace my, um, my, my trivia steps here, but I'm pretty sure that in at least two episodes from the Tennant era, he's actually using one of the toys. Oh, yeah. He is, I'm sure. Because I think they broke one of the, the props on set and there wasn't another one. So I've heard this, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, just the plastic toy you can you, you could get from Toys R Us or Forbidden Planet. I'm pretty sure that they use that in a couple of episodes. Because so. I know, you know, in um, the 11th hour when, when Matt is in Tennant's blue shirt and tie yes. and he sort of holds up the Sonic and then there's that spark and it blows up. I remember he, he, there's a story about him being injured um, by it then, isn't it? Because the, the wire was down his arm, I think, or something like that. And That's it, right. It blew up. Yeah. Um, so that I think that as well there to sort of quickly find a replacement because it all went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, yeah, going back to this, it, 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 it looks gorgeous. I just um, I, I want one on the shelf now. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the price too much, but um, yeah, mm. we'll, we'll see. We'll I think it's going to be around seven hundred. I'm guessing because because the the Matt Smith Sonic is around that price. It's yeah. sort of six six sixty plus um, VAT and postage. So yeah, so I'm guessing this is going to be around that sort of price. But um, nice if you can afford it. Nice indeed. Yeah, mm. and also ah, oh, I, I know it's um, I know it's um, not what we're talking about. But they do have a really cool TARDIS coming up as well. TARDIS. TARDIS replica. Oh, the one from Flatline, or uh, a different one? Uh, no, I think it's a different one. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be. Um, I think that's going to be so much money. I think if the if the Sonics are around seven hundred pounds, then I think like a six or a, or a, or a, you know a one six scale TARDIS is going to be. Oh man. Well, is it? Oh, so I was going to say yes. Yeah, so it's not full size. It's like a sort of. Uh, Almost like a Legopolis size. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but um, yeah. wow, just you know, like you say, mate. If you can afford it, then uh, then all good. Yeah, but yeah, certainly won't be putting down seven hundred squids on a Sonic. I must admit, I, I um, a few months ago, I, I I was sort of scouring through the internet, um, just just searching actually, not not for anything in particular, but I ended up coming across this page um, of. Daleks and and full size. Oh, that's why I was, I've searched searching for full size Daleks replicas. <laughs> I don't know why because can't afford one. Um, but I found this page, and they're actually officially licensed by the BBC. The, these guys, um, and they had all these Daleks, and you can get different. You can get the different variations on the Tardis. So you, if you wanted Hartnell's Tardis, or if you want Baker's, or if you want the more modern, you know, like they do the sort of the current Tardis as well. And uh, they're a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. Oh I, yeah, yeah, I've seen these. Um, but there's a, every time I go to, um, we, we go to this Chinese quite often, me and my family, me and my mum and dad. And um, every time we go there, I have to look up to the right because the building next to it, in the window, there is a full size Dalek. Um, and next to it's a periscope. So obviously this guy's a bit of a sci-fi fan. But I just, I just, even though I've seen it a million times, and it's one of the, I am assuming it's one of the ones from this website because it, it looks absolutely um, 100%, you know, uh, genuine yeah um and it's it's one of the 
sort of dark gray ones from from the sort of tom baker era but uh, yeah it's just in the window uh, next to this chinese that we go to and i i just i don't know it's like I'm, i just i can't walk past it without looking at it i'll just uh, every time i go even though i just seen it a thousand times but um i would love one of them i'd just love to have one in in our window <laughs> oh wow yeah it's never gonna happen though they're thousands and thousands of pounds they are aren't but, they uh, yeah. they do they do a, they even do a canine replica i believe um which as you can imagine i would love um well yeah yeah so but anyway yeah it's um i don't know maybe we'll have to put in some overtime over christmas but i don't even think that would do it mm, they are expense mate yeah expensive expensive yes and i think that's going to wrap for news okay uh, Adam, my good fellow. Wow. What are we doing this week? Wow, wow, wow. Um, this has been uh, quite a long time coming, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. We're doing the End of Time, Part 1. It is said that in the final days of planet Earth, everyone had bad dreams. To the west of the north of that world, the human race did gather in the celebration of a pagan rite to banish the cold and the dark. You should not have delayed. Last time I was here, you said my song would be ending soon. And I'm in no hurry for that. You will come with me. Hold on. Better lock the TARDIS. Okay, <sighs> like a car. I lo- locked it like a car. Like, it's funny. No? A little bit. Blimey. Trying to make an ood laugh. Who are you? I'm Wilfred Mott. No, but people have waited hundreds of years to find me, and then you manage it in a couple of hours. Well, I'm just lucky, I suppose. No, we keep on meeting Wilf over and over again, like something's still connecting us. Well, what's so important about me? Exactly. Why you? You're an old soldier, sir. Only you were too late. The war was won and passed you by. I did my duty. You never killed a man. No, I didn't. No, I I did not, no, but don't say that like it's shameful. The time will come when you must take arms. Who are you? So that thing is like a sickbed, yeah? More or less. Well, pardon me for asking, but why is it so big? Oh, good question. Why is it so big? It doesn't just mend one person at a time. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. (laughs) It mends whole planets. It does what? It transmits the medical template across the entire population. The human race was always your favourite, Doctor. But now, there is no human race. There is only... the Master Race! And so it came to pass, on Christmas Day, that the human race did cease to exist. But even then, the Master had no concept of his greater role in events, for this was far more than humanity's end. This day was the day upon which the whole of creation would change forever. This was the day the Time Lords return. For Gallifrey. For victory! For victory! For the end of time itself! For the end of time itself! 
Wow. <laughs> I, I tell you what, buddy. There is, there is something about... Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's just like one of those uh, time periods where something just clicks with Doctor And I'm, I know we're going to get into this quite a bit. And I know that this is everyone's... I know that a lot of people quite dislike this episode or these mm. these two parts but there's something about this the later end of of the rtd era and maybe some of the stuff with donna as well and that sort of stuff but it just seems like it just gives me goosebumps you know like having like you know just the script and the way that some of these episodes were written and then that murray that version of of the theme that murray gold did for season for sorry for season series four and the specials yeah it just gives me it's just so good the theme that Marigold did for that one. I know. Do you know, it's funny, actually. I, I know 100% where you're coming from because, you know, like when you put on a classic episode, Doctor, you get that the kind of nostalgic feeling. Yeah. I, I got that yesterday when I put this on and it's, it's, as if, um, it's as if enough time has sort of gone by that they actually feel, um, well, they, they feel classic. I, yeah. and, it, uh, and it's funny you mentioned the theme because I think when that theme kicked in at the start, I felt sort of quite pumped up. If that was, I was like, "Wow, it's got it's got a real kick to it." And I was like, "Right, here we go." Yeah. Um, and it, it's um, yeah. So I I know exactly what you mean. It's just um, there yeah. is something about it that's that's got a real nostalgic classic feel to it already. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I got that buzz myself when I, when I put it on yesterday because, you know, it's been a long time since I've watched the, this this story and. Um, I used to watch the, the Tenet ones quite a lot, but I haven't sort of visited them for quite some time. Um, or, or at least, you know, not this sort of particular era of it. So, yeah, I definitely got that that buzz when yeah. I put this on yesterday at the start, yeah. Yeah, and I'm working on a new um, intro and outro for the show for next year. So I might I might revert back to that theme. Because that, it's just so... I don't know, it's just got this really good thumping bass line and it's, mm. it's heavy and... It it really does get you in. It immediately gets you in the zone for some really good who, yeah. and you know I I quite like the 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 current one, the Capaldi one. But I, I'll be honest with you, it's not my it's not one of my favourites. I'm not. I'm still not keen on it. In fact, yeah. funny enough, um, when when you know when I listened to this theme on Tuesday when I rewatched it. Um, and as I said, I, it, it really sort of pumps you up for the episode. It's sort of, um, I think you're right. It's that baseline and it's just the way it all kicks in. You're yeah. like, oh, here we go. And I just don't get that feeling with the uh, Capaldi intro. Even now, um, it, it's just, it doesn't have that same impact that this theme has. I mean, I actually, I really like the theme to our podcast, the new one. Um, <laughs> but but I know what you mean. There is something about this theme. I think it's surprising actually how much they've, tampered around with it mm. s- since the show came back um and i think it's almost as if with the capaldi theme i think it's almost as if they've kind of murray's it's kind of like he's, it's so different because what else can murray do when you listen to the sort of david tennant theme mm-hmm. uh, although they tweaked it here and there and, and also in the matt smith era um it was kind of more subtle whereas with the capaldi theme they've kind of really really sort of changed it up haven't they Whereas uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I'm with you on that one. I think I just prefer this theme. It's, um, it feels more like the old theme as well. Yeah. There was, there was one theme from the Matt Smith era that was quite good. It was the one that was very, cla- it felt very classic who, and I think it was the intro, the first one where his face kind of appeared. Yes. A little bit in, you know, that one. 
yeah. that, that was pretty good. That had like an old school feel to it. And a thumping bass, mm. didn't it? And, and annoyingly, yeah. it's as far as I know, annoyingly, it's the only one they haven't blimmin' released on a soundtrack. Because um, I liked that theme as well, because I liked the bass. Because mm. I really didn't like... Well, I, no, not that I didn't like it, but it was it's probably my least, least favourite of the new sort of series, was the Series 5 onwards theme. You know, that... Like that really sort of long intro, that which was... Nothing, oh, yes. nothing yep. like the Doc 2 theme and yep. before it kicked in before it finally kicked in and that used to yeah I never that never really did it for me that theme mm. yeah, I read you. Yeah. yeah yeah so anyways <laughs> the end of time part one back in 2009 Christmas yeah. day mm. wow was that six years ago so yeah because yeah. uh, so part one was Christmas day and then when did we get part two then um, part two because I can't remember uh, was that New Year's day was it New the 1st of Jan? Right, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, the 1st of Jan. So it was a week later. Because I can't remember at the time. I mean, I remember watching them at the time, but I can't remember when they went out. I yes, mean, I, yep. I don't remember watching this Christmas Day, bizarrely. Uh, maybe I watched it later, but yeah. Okay, yeah. So they were a week apart. Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. definitely, I remember clearly watching part two mm-hmm. on and on the time of transmission. I think that was one of those episodes where you you had to be there because mm-hmm. um, obviously we all knew Tennant was off. Um, so yeah, so my memory of this one was a bit more hazy. Uh, I think part one, I actually couldn't remember much about it at all before rewatching it the other day. Okay, yeah. If you know what I mean, like part two, there's 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 clear there's bits that are very clear in my memory uh, of what went on mm-hmm. uh, um, and certain scenes. But when I was trying to think back to part one, I was sort of thinking, I can't remember much about it, which which actually led me to believe that maybe it was um, a bit of a filler ep and a bit more of a lead up to part two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad to say it's much more than that. Um, having rewatched it, it's definitely much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I felt, I, I've not watched these in quite a while. I think it's been over a year mm. since I, well, maybe... Maybe just under a year or something since I last... I think I put it on last Christmas. Yeah. Or around that time, anyway. And, um, yeah, I've not watched it since then. And uh, watching it twice in the last week, um, I did... Yeah, I I got the feel... Because there was... I think, like you, there were certain points in this that I'd completely forgotten about. Mm. Um, And I think because part two has got so many... Not so many, but it's got a few quite epic moments in it. um, I think part one you do kind of forget the little bits um, that lead up to it. So um, a couple of things that I had forgotten about was um, right at the beginning, well, right near the beginning where um, the they free Saxon, you know, his, his, his life essence or his life force is in the ring. Yeah. You yes. know, when they freed him and stuff, I completely forgot about that. I mean, it's quite important, how, you know, mm. how they resurrect him, but I had forgotten like just the scenes that led into that and, um, you know, his, uh, Lucy Saxon, um, which will come on to in a little while, but and also the um, the the scene where they're sitting around with when the doctor's sitting around in a circle with the Ood. Yeah. Because I could, I I remember the bit where he turned up and he had a little chat with the Ood in the snow. Yeah, because I think that's quite visually memorable, isn't it? Yeah. Him in the hat and the like Hawaiian thing yeah. around his neck and the sunglasses. It's quite a. It is an image that sticks with you. I mm. think. Yeah, yeah, but I'd forgotten, you know, the actual dialogue and stuff, mm. you know, around the fire when they're sitting, you know, fortunately with their brains in hand. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah, one so of them's it, got a very big brain, isn't he? I know it's one of them's got on his head. I mean, yes, he's like, like 
Is he like the top guy? Is he he like must the, be. The master Ood. Yeah, master Ood, yeah. I love a good Ood. <laughs> I do. I love the Oods, actually. They're yeah, brilliant, they're, aren't they? Yeah, difficult to make them laugh, though, isn't it? But Very uh, tricky, yeah, I yeah. Do, lo- do love an Ood. That was really well done, that. You know that opening scene where he's like, um, I locked it like a car. <laughs> you know, and it's very dry humour. And I love the way that the Ood, it, he almost looks like a, a like an animal of some sort, like a, a cat or a dog. You know, I'm sure you have this with your cat. And I, I definitely have it with mine where she'll be sitting there looking at me and I'll say something and she'll just look away. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. Like totally <laughs> unimpressed. It reminded me of like something that your pet does where he's saying that and then the Ood just blinks and turns away. Yeah, not interested at all. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, my cat does it all the time, especially if I buy a new toy. It's just not interested. Yeah, yeah, you plonk it down and they just stare at it for a bit and walk off, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the car joke, though, because like you said, these episodes, um, well, I suppose all episodes of Doctor Who cause debate, but they, end of time, one and two, do come in for a bit of stick mm-hmm. um, from from fandom. And I think, sort of, for example, that joke about the car some people would just love it. Think, oh, I love that bit. And like you said, it's very dry and the U doesn't laugh and all that. Um, and other people just are like, oh, it's a, it's a joke too far and it's stupid. And, you know, so I think it's kind of um, sums up sort of people's thoughts of the story, really. So, you know, you either sort of get it, get into it sort of thing, or you don't. You just think it's, yeah. it just goes over your head um, in that sense anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was my initial thoughts anyway as i was watching it through i was i was thinking like blimey i'd forgotten about that bit and mm. uh blimey i'd forgotten about that bit like um the the whole scene later on where they're down in the basement um and we have the uh the, the vinvochi aliens oh yeah and um you know they're basically monitoring everything so you know as soon as the uh as soon as the the thing what's the thing called the immortality gate as yeah. soon as that's up and working, they're gonna they're gonna transport it to their ship and do the off. I'd forgotten about their whole thing down in the basement and their, you know, sort all that stuff out. And you know, we have some more humour as well. You know, with the doctor who's like shimmer, shimmer, yeah, you know all that stuff. I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about that as well. So it was just, I think, really, it was I would I had remembered less about the episode than there was actually in it. I, mm. I just remembered like these little key scenes, and uh, so it, it was good to watch it again and and like you say, get yourself into it. Yeah. get into the story so um yeah so part one really it was uh, i i think i will i think i do agree with what you said that people's opinions were that this this part one was a bit of a filler mm. and it is a build-up and just gets you into you know the quote-unquote the proper part of the story which is part two um but having said that um there are still some good some really good stuff in there yeah um one of the one of the things that um that i really really like is the relationship between the doctor and wilf yes and um i think for me that's what makes this episode really 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 good um because there's some lovely when we have a um we have like these very comical scenes with wilf at the beginning where he's basically rounded up the old biddies <laughs> and they're going doctor hunting yeah and um and then we have the I mean right at the beginning you know where we'll you know we got the uh, you've got Rassilon who is talking over like the intro 
a great voice for narration as well, though, isn't it? I was going to say that mm. with the intro clip, how Timothy Dalton's just perfect for a narrator, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the very beginning when he's narrating and then we've got Wilf who remembers the master very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then he's in the church and he meets... Um, uh, the woman. The woman in white, I guess you'd call white. her. Yeah, the lady in white. Yeah, um, we'll come on to her a bit later, yeah. So that's really that stuff's really cool. And then we have his whole unsure about what's going on with the world and the universe at the moment he's very his mind's always you know when he's around his daughter and donna you know his mind's not there he's always thinking about something a bit more sinister that's on the way mm. and then tracking down the doctor and this lady and white thing and then tagging along with the doctor and getting involved that i, th I thought that wilf you know and especially his relationship with the doctor and we had the cafe scene as well yes another really nice cafe scene from who um it all really made the episode glue together it was about those two really um and everything else just kind of unfolded around it you know so i thought it was really cool i think i think this episode was less about the master i think it was more about just getting his character ready for part two i'm probably going to say that a lot in this review yeah. but um yeah so i thought um wilf and the doctor they made this episode for me uh, and me well particularly bernard cribbins i just i just adore him i, I think i think he's just a brilliant actor um I, I think his the character of wilf is just um adorable um and he yeah for me he makes this episode um a whole lot mm -hmm. better than it than it would have been i mean he's just he to me he's the best thing about it and and the, the relationship between him and Tennant as well uh, the doctor works really really well um but bernie cribbins is just superb in this he's amazing isn't he he's, yeah, yeah he's absolutely amazing i i just i think wilf is one of my favorite characters mm -hmm. from the new series and i just i just yeah it just wouldn't be the same without him this episode would not have worked as well um without bernie cribbins in my view i, I just think he's brilliant in it yeah no i, I totally agree bernie cribbins huge respect and um another uh, another sorry go on no, I was just going to say. I mean, I actually, I actually do like the whole noble family. Actually, even the mum. I mean, she was a bit. <laughs> her acting was a bit hit and miss when she first sort of came into it. Sylv, I think Sylv Noble. Sylv Noble, yeah. <laughs> but um, by now, I think she's kind of nailed the sort of um, nagging, uh, sort of tetchy mother, you know, uh, quite mm -hmm. well. And I, I, I find them quite a likable, and I can sort of. Um, a relatable family i just i really you know like wilf seems such like such a genuine character he seems really real and believable um and i think the mum and daughter relationship between um sylvia and and donna uh, is brilliant you know mm -hmm. i just i just i love spending time with them i i you know i just think the three of them together work so well i mean the scene where they're unwrapping the presents and wilf gets that book and it's brilliantly acted, mm. you know. It's quite subtly done as well with the mum and everything. But um, yeah, I just think that they're great characters and, and quite believable as well. Because I'm sort of thinking, if you sort of compare them to Martha's family, okay. they were quite they yeah. were quite wooden, and I couldn't, you know, I, at times I didn't really ever connect with them. Whereas whereas I actually love love spending time with the the noble family, yeah. you know, and they're and they're bickering and their silly little comments. I mean, the bit where the mum's laughing at the rude card. Um, <laughs> saying, look at this, and Donna's, you know, cracking up, and Wilf's just sort of having flashbacks. It's, it's brilliant. It's really, really well done. Yeah, it is. And it's yeah. um, what would be interesting is a Christmas Day dinner with the nobles and the Tylers. <laughs> 
Oh wow, that would be that would be awesome. That would be interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, it does. It goes to show that um, that that Russell T Davis really brought humour into this first part because um, there's a, a scene that I was laughing at quite a lot was when um, the Doctor and Wilf um, are escaping Sylvia because she's she's on the nag big time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, they jump in the TARDIS and bugger off, and then she's just yelling at <laughs> she, thin air. Yeah, Donna comes out. She's like, "You let you, you shouting at thin air," and she's like, "Yeah, I was." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's um, yeah, and there's there's a there's half a dozen scenes like that throughout this episode where, yeah. and I think maybe because there's a sense of, um, I mean it, it's it's fine to say this in hindsight now, but you know because part two. Um, is probably, especially the last half an hour, is probably not the happiest um, of Doctor Who. Mm. Um, maybe this one was a chance, really, to have a bit of a laugh now and then, because coming up in part two, it's going to get a bit, a bit crappy, a bit heavy. Uh, yeah. yeah, not in terms of quality, but crappy is in you know not as uplifting. Yeah. Um, but obviously, at the time, you wouldn't have known that. You know, if you were watching this as it went out. You know, you wouldn't have known. But yeah, some really good humour in it. And um, yeah, the nobles. You've got to love the nobles. And interesting that they kept Donna quite a bay in this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, it was there really just to... Sorry, she was there really just to um, reinforce, you know, that whole thing. Because um, as we know, you know, back in the previous series, um, he had to wipe Donna's memory of everything to do with him and travelling and the TARDIS and all that stuff. Um, and isn't it a case of that if she was to remember, her brain just wouldn't cope with it and it would fry and... It'd burn up. Yeah. Says her, her, her mind will burn up, yeah. Yeah. So, also interesting then that uh, old Wilf, you know, try, tries to get the doctor to go and see her. Yeah, I think, well, he realises that she's not... She keeps sort of zoning out and he's just concerned about it, isn't it? And he sort of thinks, well, the only person that can do anything about it is the doctor. Because hmm. uh, he's picked up that she's just like... Yeah, she's just not 100% there, not herself. So, I mean, what else can he do but say to the doctor, you know, do something about it? Um, but he's also zoning out quite a bit as well, isn't he, without sort of realising. Um, I mean, I, I actually, I love the beginning of this uh, where Wilf goes into that church mm -hmm. and he's getting the flashbacks and the stained glass window with the TARDIS in it are just sort of such a really great little idea. Um, and I loved that. Uh, I see, I'm wondering how they did it, actually. Do you think they... Is that CGI'd in, or do you think they put a fake paint in? Because I just thought it was such a nice little touch to do. Mm, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, yeah I think probably doing... Probably CGI, but it's, it's pretty well done, isn't it? It is well done. I think stained glass is, is very expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah but it does yeah. look really good. But it's a good good atmosphere at the beginning, don't mm. you think? Like that whole sort of first sort of um, five, ten minutes... Um, with all that stuff going on and the, who's this woman that keeps popping up on the TV and, and in the church, you know, I mean, it's, it's really good. I, I, I actually think the first three quarters of, of this episode um, are the best. I do think it slightly tails off towards the end before picking up again. I think there is a bit of a, a bit sort of three quarters in where we, where it lags a little bit, um, uh, which again, mm. we'll come on to a bit in a minute, but I do love the start of this episode and I do like the way it builds up. Um, and coming back to what you were saying about the humour, when we get to meet Will's little gang of um, <laughs> yeah. friends on the on the bus, uh, that's a a nice idea. Kind of, um, I don't know what it reminds you of. Actually, I was going to say sort of last of summer wine or Dad's Army or so, but I just I just love this little gang of of um, you know old biddies. You know, like it's Minnie, isn't it? Um, 
What's the actress's name? Ah, uh, yeah, uh, Minnie. Uh, what they? What was the group called? Was it called the White Cloak? Oh, is it? What, was it yeah, the White the, Silver Cloak? The Silver, silver Cloak. Silver Cloak. The Silver Cloak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, June Whitfield, of course. Of course, yeah, June Whitfield. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, just playing this sort of uh, very naughty, this sassy old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she pinches the doctor's bottom when she's yeah. having this photo taken, and um, it's really nice. And I spotted a um, few people in there. I reckon I, I saw the. I don't know what his real name is, but I always think of him as Barry from Heidi High, and just this nice little assembled cast mm-hmm. uh, for this coach trip. And like you said, they bring a nice bit of humour to it as well. Yeah, and it's um, it, it it it's like an under it's like an undercurrent to the episode, really. Yeah. It seems to very well kind of insert these very light humorous scenes in mm. in between like the very serious moments. It's um, interesting though because I I remember I do remember on the f- first watch um that I didn't like the first time but you know the doctor's chasing after master and that and then he sort of jumps over a wall and then we get this sort of comedy scene with him getting accosted by this group from the coach and all that and mm-hmm. And it's quite humorous. So I remember the first time I didn't like that because I felt it killed the action. Um, but it's interesting on the second watch. I actually really enjoyed it and, and thought it was quite fun. Uh, but I do remember at the time thinking, oh, no, you know, <laughs> I don't want to. Never mind that. Get, get on with the Doctor Master story, you know. But uh, I didn't feel that watching it again, actually, <clears throat> probably because I sort of know what's coming now. But I, I could kind of sit back and enjoy it a bit more this time. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think when I first watched it, it was, um, yeah, it was this, this one, well, parts one and two for me are quite special because, um, I obviously didn't see this when it went out. Um, <clears throat> but what, when I first got into, um, into who after I'd picked, after I'd watched the Eccleston box set, which I'd watched kind of sporadically, really, I'd watched a couple of episodes and then, few days later I'd watch the next one and then two days later another one but because I was so into it by the end of that when I picked up um uh, Tenant it was very much a binge watch for me mm. and I remember watching I think I watched series four and the specials literally all back to back oh wow um obviously not 24 hours a day but every day yeah. Um, I'd watch a load of episodes and I remember at the end of this of the specials because I was so emotionally invested in in the tenant character and his era and all that stuff um I was kind of yeah I remember when I very first watched it I was thinking to myself in the back of my mind I was thinking this is all great and I'm I'm laughing and stuff but at the same time I'm not happy because I know it's about to end mm. I, I I know the end is coming up um, and then when I rewatched it, I think it was like several months later, I remember thinking, oh, is this a bit tacky? Is this a little bit, you know, do we need to have this stuff like, you know, with Minnie like slapping his bum and and these little bits? I was thinking, is this a little bit, I don't know. And then um, I think I must have watched this like maybe, I think this is the third or fourth time that I've watched these ones. Yeah. And because um, I can't, I mean, next week I'm probably going to be a blubbering mess. When we do part two, because I just can't, I just can't do it anymore. It's too emotional for me. But I think when I when I rewatched this one, I was like, oh, these little funny humorous scenes. I don't know. Does it really fit the whole vibe of what they're trying to do? Yeah. But when I watched it this week, I think, no, it absolutely does. Because you need to have these. You need to lift the viewer up a little bit. Because especially now with people who have seen 
David Tennant's departure, and they've seen these ones. Um, it's very much a foreboding thing. It's like a dark cloud that yeah. follows you over when you're watching this episode because you think you know it's, you know. And, uh, and I think to a certain degree, I think the actors are playing it that way as well. Mm. Like, um, especially the scene in the cafe. And I know that the the character of the Doctor actually says to him, um, I'm going to die. But I think you can tell in Tennant's performance that it's like the culmination of all of his emotions over the last couple of years of playing the Doctor. You see, I think that's one of the things that people have a might have a sort of slight issue with when it comes to this, this send-off for David Tennant, is that they, they don't like the sort of morbid doctor you know him sat there saying oh i'm gonna die and all this they don't think that i think a lot of people feel it's more david tennant saying i'm leaving than the doctor saying i'm about to regenerate um and i i I sort of it doesn't really bother me that much um i because i i like legopolis it's one of my one of my favorite stories i've I've always liked legopolis but that's very dark and brooding and the doctor has meetings um yeah you know with the um Oh God! What's the thing called? The um, the guy, the mummy guy, mummified guy. Um, the Watcher. The Watcher. Thank yep. you. Yeah. So you know, there's all that, and I kind of like that about Legopolis. So I sort of see a bit of a similarity here that the Doctor just knows he's got a face, you know, that is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really have an issue with it, but I think as some people don't don't particularly like that element of it. Um, but the, the cafe scene. I mean, he does elaborate more than I remember about that because he kind of says i'm gonna die and when he first starts talking about it i was thinking i can see why people think this is a bit not quite right but then he does go on to elaborate about regeneration and i actually really like that bit when he's sort of saying about um you know oh yes i'll be a new man yes i'll continue to live in but this persona this you know this person here will be gone and I thought that kind of explained it a bit bit better than I than I remembered actually. I actually really quite liked that. I mean that that scene is is really nice. I think it it is really nice, yeah. And it is broken out of humour because you, there's the bit where they it's getting really quite serious and both Wilf and the Doctor are getting emotional, and then it's broken up by a brilliant bit of comedy with Donna telling a traffic warden off outside. So it's it's really nicely done, I think. Yeah, it's that's um I think that's what I said earlier. This sometimes the Russell C. Davis episodes, they've just got this bit of magic about them. Mm. You know, where everything especially with certain scenes, I'm not suggesting that an entire episode is perfect or anything like that, but um certainly certain scenes, uh, the way they've been written and in the way that they've been acted out, um, they do have this sparkle about them. You know, just yeah. this little this little thing where everything just clicks into place, like the direction, the music, the script, everything. So um, Actually, the yeah. music in this as well. I know we talked about the theme, but that brilliant master's theme is is it's really haunting. It's brilliant. Mm. You know, when every time they're at that, it's fantastic. Talk about building an atmosphere. Um, it's just fantastic. You yeah, know? I think uh, Murray was was really on 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 the ball uh, around this time. Yes, and um, we I think we said this a couple of weeks ago. Well, I think when we were reviewing, um, I think it was Face the Raven or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned about Murray's music. And I think certainly I had said um, that he hasn't really um, wrote these really cool, you know, um, themes for each character in each episode. Um because if we think back to, even if we go way back to like series one and two of, of New Doctor Who, 
Um, if you think to things like um, the overall theme itself, if you think to Rose's theme, oh, yeah. uh, Donna's theme, uh, not so much Martha's, but um, and uh, you know, they've, there's like really distinct standout themes that are unique to certain characters and stuff. And I feel that, it, especially in the last series, it's not really been the same vibe. Mm. Murray hasn't really. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, are you crazy? And don't get me wrong, Murray has wrote some beautiful music since Capaldi's come on board. I mean, Capaldi's theme itself. I think it's called um, Am I a Good Man or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just amazing. But I feel that back in the day, like these ones, especially this one, the music was just, um, I don't know, it, it just seemed to be written, you know, completely in sync with the stories mm. um, and really brought out certain scenes so it wasn't a case of like some episodes that we've seen that i've personally for me anyway that we've seen in series nine where it was it was to me it, the music felt very generic like they could have bought some stock music because you had scenes where it was scary so you had some scary music underneath and then there was nothing and then there was like some you know i think with murray gold especially in the rtd era we had funny music and scary music and sinister music and action music and then on top of all that we had really unique themes for certain things and i feel we've lost that a little bit yeah it might I just, be I, me but yeah i don't know i know where you're coming from i mean it's yeah it must be difficult he's been scoring the show for um 10 years now i suppose over 10 years so yeah it must be difficult to keep coming up with new things but i know what you mean about it being in sync with with the story and in, in the in the uh tenant era i mean the, the master theme is just a brilliant example of that it's just every time it slowly drifts in it's uh, really puts you on edge mm, you know yeah. um but yeah so i know what you mean i was just um just thinking as well actually one of our listeners well not one of it our listeners might be able to to tell me but the master's brought back by the ring isn't it he's got the ring which has still got an essence of him inside and yep. i somebody might be able to tell me but i thought russell said that the the ring that's picked up at the end of um, the sound of the drums, is it? Where he gets the waters of Mars. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. I know which one you mean. Yeah, because yeah. I, I thought that was a very last-minute decision to put that in. Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting that it's actually quite a big plot point in this story. Now, as I say, somebody out there might want to correct me, but I'm sure either in a commentary or something, I've heard Russell say that it was a bit of a last-minute decision to include that, just in case they wanted to bring the master back um but mm. it's quite important in this because obviously he does get brought back from the ring and we get to see whose hand with the red nail varnish it was i think most people thought it was going to be um his wife didn't they but it turned yeah. out to be somebody else yeah what's the name lucy saxon lucy saxon yeah yeah and that is um yeah that is a really good point actually because um without the ring um i don't think there would have been another way for the master to be brought back no, because the doctor burns his body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be really interesting to know because I, I, I haven't read Russell's book, The Writer's Tale, but I'm sure it's either on that or a commentary. He says it was, um, it was a very last minute thing to include it. So, which is interesting because that kind of suggests that he was going to. That was the end of the master's story, which would have been mm. a tragedy, really. Mm. Um, no matter what you think of Sim's performance, you know. To, I don't think the master should ever be killed off. I love the character of the master. Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, this is Doctor Who. I'm sure they would have found a way oh, to, yeah. have, to have brought him back at some point. But it is, you know, it's quite 
quite a lucky break then I would say that as a last minute thing just to make sure that they don't completely kill off the character mm. and then in this one you know without that you know the master wouldn't be in it so um yeah it's it's quite fortunate really that they did that at the last minute so what should we should we talk a bit about sim old sims mm. John sim. um yeah what what do you think of him as the master oh, particularly in this do you know what it's I'm I'm always in two minds about John Sim mm. because I think it's such a detachment from the character that we've seen throughout the classic years. Yeah. And I know to an extent that it has to be. I'm I'm you know I the last thing that I would want is for some old guy to turn up with dark hair and a black goatee, you know, and and wander around, you know, James Bond villain-esque and you know that's the the last thing that I'd want to see, but he he is completely different. You know, and and that's not a bad thing. It's but it, I'm in two minds because at some there are these little moments where I think he's very good. You know, and, and I think we were into this era of Doctor Who where the the show was quite sexy. Mm. If you know, I, I don't mean to. It, what I mean is that the actors that they got to play, like if you think about. Um, David Tennant was quite young at the time and John Sim was quite young. And then we had, um, before that, we had Martha, who was quite young. You know, so the show was, you know, obviously, you know, marketed to quite a young audience at the time. Mm. Um, and, you know, John Sim as an actor really fits that mould, what he did at the time anyway. Um, but then there were other moments where he was just, I think he was just too much for me. Mm. You know, he was a bit... You know, and I'm sure he was just doing that because that's the way it was directed. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure he was told that he had to be a complete crackpot. Yeah. You know, for a couple of hours and just go absolutely berserk. So it's not really it's not really a, a, a dig at him personally because I think he was just doing what he was told to do. But he, I think, it's just OTT a lot of the time for me. It's it's funny that they didn't sort of look back at his you know, the story that was in before Sound of the Drums and uh, whatever the other part was called. Because, you know, I, I agree with you. I think they, they ramped him up, the craziness, to, to 11 a bit too much. And I think, you know, you'd have thought they might have looked back and thought, OK, we've got a brilliant actor here. John Sim is, is a great actor. Um, he's got the potential to be a fantastic master. Mm. Uh, let's just tone him down a bit you know, and, and, and see what we do. But interestingly, what they do in the end of time is they ramp it up even more uh, which you wouldn't think possible. Um, and I, watching this again the other day, I think John Sim is actually giving a great performance, but to me, it's not the master. It's um, mm. it's just something, because he's almost animalistic in this, isn't he, when he's eating all the food. Um, I really don't like the flying around thing, you know, when he's yeah. like the Iron Man shooting off and into the sky. And all that. I really don't like that. Um but I, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's down to John Sim. I think it's more just the way the character's been written and the direction. Because uh, if you actually look at the, the performance Sim's given, he's really giving it his all. I mean, he's he's really giving it everything. But, oh, yeah. 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 But it doesn't feel like the master to me um, at all. No. Really. And it's I, not the same character. No, and that's what I mean for, for me as well. It's... Um... I think the master has got, especially when you've got somebody, an actor like Tennant, mm. who is quite um, not not as wacky as Matt Smith was, but a, a little bit eccentric and you know a little bit you know he does you know Tennant does you know act his socks off, 
Yeah. You know, he really goes into it. And I think um, John Sim, like you say, they should have toned him down a bit and they should have had somebody in a more of a contrast to the Doctor. They should have had somebody a bit more quietly confident and a bit more, uh, you know, sort of unseen power, if you like. Mm. Um but yeah. we do see a bit of, bit of the potential. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I still think he's good in it. It's just, as I say, it's not not the master. But we do see a glimpse of it. There's the scene where, you know, where the, he's sort of doing the whole fireball towards the Doctor until eventually they have to just sort of both, they both look knackered, basically. So they're both next to each other and they have to just talk. And then he's like, can't you hear it? Uh, and, mm. he's, and he puts, you know, he, he actually lets the Doctor hear the sound of the drums in his head. But that little scene, we get to see a bit more of the sort of friendship and, you know, the the whole, the fact that they're the same race sort of thing and that only, and the master knows that only the doctor can understand. And he's talking about, don't you remember all this stuff on Gallifrey? And that's, you know, that's that's quite a nice little scene. And we get to see, that, you know, we get to see him as the master there, I feel. Whereas he then shoots off in the sky and he starts going crazy again and all that's kind of lost. But... But I think there are moments like that where we do get to see what a brilliant master he could have been and was at times, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Yeah, he's a great actor, John Sim. Mm. I just think he had so much potential, but just didn't. They didn't get the characterization right with him as the master. Yeah, well, I think because we're so used to. I mean, we the the argument is almost uh, moot at the moment because Michelle Gomez has taken it into a completely different oh, yeah. know, direction. But I think. Um, with the show up to this point, um, I, I think we were, I think we were just missing that little bit of master of old. Um, you know, I think we were missing like the, the master how he was in the classic years a little bit. I think John Sim, yeah, just went think, a bit nuts, a bit over the top for too long. Yeah, I think we're missing the sophistication. Yeah, he's just kind yeah. of gone a bit uh, nutball, gone a bit into a nut job. Um, yeah, there's the, you know the master was quite sophisticated in a way. Um, so yeah, that's what I miss about it. But yeah, he was. I think he was. I think he was decent overall. Um, well, put it this way, I think he was for, for me. He was almost. I wouldn't say the least favorite character in it because it sounds like it's too negative. But you know, I I enjoyed all the other scenes and the other people more than the scenes that he was in. Yeah, although I do, I do. Well, I, I, yeah, he's he's definitely not my least favorite character. My least favorite characters are those living cactus people that come in towards the end. The Vinvocci, you hate them, do you? Oh, come on. Well, they're just stupid, aren't they? <laughs> uh, I mean, they're just, yeah, I know, again, it's trying to inject a bit of humor into it, but for me, that's where the episode um, takes a dip, uh, personally. I, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't like those guys. I think, I think no. they're just, I think the acting's pretty ropey, and I just think um, they're a bit silly, really. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean, I was going to say Sim actually comes quite good at the end. I like it when he's kind of um, in control. You know, when they're putting him in the straitjacket and he's mm -hmm. just sort of like, um, he's simmering under, underneath and he's just like, you know, so I've just helped you out and this is how you repay me. Okay. And you know that something's going to kick off. The big grin. Yeah. Yeah, the big grin. I, I do think there are moments when Sim really does shine actually as the master but um but yeah those guys you like those those cactus people do you? um i don't mind them i i think they're quite i think they are quite funny um yeah i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say that you know they're the, the best thing in, in the episode but I, I don't i certainly don't mind them i think they're quite funny 
Yeah, see that I don't know. They're an example of the sort of humour <laughs> that doesn't quite work for me. I, I, I mean, there's there's some great lines in this, like earlier when the evil woman says something about um, he was killed by an accident that, that took quite some time to arrange and stuff like that. I love that sort of thing, but yeah. these people are a little bit too CBBC for me. Uh, I don't know. They took me out of the story a little bit. Oh, I think I think I know what you mean. Now, now that you've said that, they're a bit too BBC. CBBC. I think I know what you mean. Hmm. It's a little bit, um, yeah. It's a little bit kind of very light-hearted, two in and throw in, a bit slapsticky. Yeah, yeah, a little um, bit too slapstick. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I know what you're getting at, but um, a little bit too light-hearted in their performance as well. Like everyone's taking it quite serious, but they seem to be having a bit too much fun with it. But yeah, yeah it's, uh, to be honest, they're not bad. I mean, we've seen a lot worse, so they're, they're not too bad. But I think they. They did just take me out of the story a little bit when they suddenly come into it, um, and they're being quite comical. Yeah, and I, I like I like it when um, they get very upset that the doctors confuse them <clears throat> with the other Vinvochi species, um, the little red oh, guy. Oh yes, yes, um, yeah, that's quite fun. Uh, what's his name? It was Baca, oh, Baracatalata or something. Ba- Banacafalata. Yeah. Yeah, so From that, that was quite cool. Damned. Yeah, um, yeah. So I like those little those little scenes with those guys. I didn't hate. I didn't. You know, I didn't hate them in the episode. But no, I don't they, hate them. Yeah, but they they play quite a, a big role though. Moving into part two. Yeah, I know that's what worries me because I can't remember much about it, but I do remember they annoyed me in part two. <laughs> they they might not on a second watch. As I say, sometimes things that I remember disliking, you kind of have a more. You, you know, your opinion changes sometimes as hmm. time goes on. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, what, what about this Jonathan? No, Joshua, isn't it? Naismith guy. Naismith. And his. What's going on? Where's he come from? Yeah. This is. Yeah, he's 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 like a billionaire guy, isn't he? He's, How does he know about all the master and all this stuff? That's the only thing I didn't quite get. Like he seems to be orchestrating all this stuff. Yeah, and it's a bit wishy-washy for me. Mm. And when I said that um, the master and John Sim, you know. You know, was probably my least favorite. I'm probably, I'm thinking, I'm going to instantly change my mind actually and say that these guys were oh, definitely. Um, my least favorite because um, they're just instantly. Well, for me, they're instantly forgettable characters. Yeah, I, I didn't connect with them or, you know, have any emotion towards them at all. No, um, and I couldn't understand. There wasn't enough backstory as to who they were and what they were. As far as I can tell, this guy was a billionaire, so I had the money to do research and and all that sort of stuff into this. Um, immortality gate yeah all that stuff but the only reason that they know about the master and stuff was really wishy what it was basically he said oh my daughter has found out about the the stuff you know like the the little uh clan that um that worships the master and has these potions and stuff i mean it was all a bit magicified for me yeah um but they didn't explain how she knew about um, this master's following and and all that stuff. It was very, very matter of fact and non. You know, none of it was explained really well at all for me. And the actors who they got to play them were terrible as well because really um, wooden. Yeah, David Harewood. I've not seen him in anything else, but um, one thing that always made me really uncomfortable was how um, those two actors. Abigail and Joshua Naismith, how they interact with each other. Because um, I remember when I first watched this with my wife, she says she a couple of times she said to me, "Are they are they a couple? Are, are they like?" Because I because I said, "No, no, that's his daughter." She was like, "What?" She's like, "He's carrying on like like that's his wife." 
Actually, I thought it was his wife. See, I obviously wasn't paying enough attention. Oh, you thought that as well? I did. I think, but I feel a bit silly now. But I, but I think it's because I was so unengaged by them that mm. I just switched off That's when it. they were on yep. screen. No, I thought it was his wife as well. No, it's his, his daughter, daughter, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it makes, makes more sense. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. They're acting like a couple. Mm, I find it a bit uncomfortable, to be honest with you. And um, Well, I do now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's weird, actually, because you're not, because you and... Um, and my wife are not the first people to say this. And it's interesting because he actually explicitly states that this is a birthday present for his daughter, you know, and that sort of stuff. But so many people miss it because they switch off when they're on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really didn't enjoy it. Maybe if they got different actors in or maybe if it was the script was tweaked a little bit where we could have a tiny little bit of backstory, you know, just to explain them a little bit more and so you could connect with them a little bit then it might not have been so bad. But, yeah, I didn't. I just weren't, wasn't into those guys at all. No, no, they're so wooden. That, like mm. I said, I kind of just switched off when they were on screen. I didn't, didn't get them at all. Yeah. No. Yeah, not good. Um, and then let's finish up with, so did you like the ending? Did you like the master race? I thought that was really well done. You know, when all, everyone across the planet was turning into the master. Um. And there was a scene, wasn't there, outside one of the housing estates where everyone's John Sim and then in the presidential media thing, everyone's John Sim and everything. I thought that was really well done. Um, it is really well done. I don't know if I like it. I never have been sure about it. I don't know why. It is well done and I find it funny. I loved the fact that you've got all these different, you know, I just, I think it must have been quite uh, either fun or really annoying for John Sim to play to have to keep coming up with different, because like he's doing the thumbs up and and stuff and trying to think of different things for, for him to do. Um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it feels a bit silly to me. I, I don't know. Something about it has just never quite sat right with me. Um, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bug me. I think it's fun. I think it's fun, but mm. I'm just still not quite sure. Um, I don't know, because the doctor's really worried, and you can see it's like the big build-up and everything, and you're like, the doctor looks like, oh, my God. But I'm just sort of thinking <laughs> it's sort of too silly to be taken seriously somehow, because mm. you've got the John Sim in a dress, and he's the president of the United States. and I don't know. <laughs> it, it kind of it's fun, but it doesn't quite work for me. Um, but what does work is because I because I thought that was the ending. I'd forgotten that we then get to see, you know, the next bit, the bit that's coming up with the time. I'd forgotten about that. So thank goodness, because that does bring a good sort of gravitas to the cliffhanger. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's fun. But yeah, it it's a bit silly for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that, because while I think it was I mean, the effects, they still hold up reasonably well. Yeah, they do, actually. Um, today, it was it was pretty well done. But I'm glad that you said that because I think it all links back to what we were saying earlier about John Sim's character and how it was written. Yeah. You know, it just, it's very, you know, it's very out there and quite over the top and stuff. And again, it's one of those things that could have been done slightly differently that, have, that would have worked better, I think. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, and then before we get on to the cliffhanger, what did you think to Mr. Tennant himself in this episode? Because he'd been, at this point, he'd been the Doctor for, what, four years at this point? Yeah. Was it four years? Since the end of, well, Eccleston did it, what, six or nine? So three or four years he'd been the Doctor. Um, Yeah, so this is, you know, some of the performances from Tennant for me is why I love David Tennant and why he's my Doctor. Mm. Um, I just think that 
you know, at this point, we get to see a, a, quite a good range from Tennant as well. We have like the silly, humorous bit, like with, with the Ood at the beginning. Um, we have the, you know, the the, the quite cool scenes with uh, Wilfred's lot. Yeah. Um, and then we have very emotional stuff with Wilf in the cafe and stuff. So, you know, I, I just think, you know, at this point in time, at that point in time, sorry, uh, Tennant was just the doctor for me. I don't know about you, but yeah, no, I, I I do. I like I like Tennant as the Doctor. Um, yeah, I think he, for me, he just works brilliantly with Wilf. I think the two of them together, just um, a magic. They they just I could just I just love them together. I'd love to see the Doctor and Wilf traveling more. I thought they made a brilliant partnership, and um, and I think David Tennant's really good in it. Yeah, I, I I think I think it took him a little bit to settle into it, and like you said, by this point he's kind of very comfortable in the role and knows what he's doing in terms of the character. He sort of, you know, his mannerisms, um, he's, he's sort of nailed them to a T, whether you like them or not. I mean, that's his doctor. Hmm. So yeah, I thought he was very confident in it and I, and I liked the performance and I just, yeah, I love him with Wilf. So yeah, yeah no, very, no issues with Tenant. Yeah. Very confident as well. It, and yes. I, and I think it's a bit like, you know, it's when it's your last day of school and you just feel zero pressure because you've done the last four years at school, at high school, whatever. Yeah. And now you're on your last day and you think, well, this is my last day. I've got no, no, you know, I've got no pressure. I mean, I'm sure there was a bit of pressure in terms of closing off this era of Doctor Who. And I'm I'm pretty sure that was shared pressure across everybody. But in terms of his performance, he's just so relaxed. Even when he's, even when he's going through some of the edgy bits, when he's with the master, some of those scenes and stuff, you can tell that he's still very, you know, completely relaxed and confident in what he's doing. So, confident yeah. is the word. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely confident. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and then the cliffhanger. Old yeah. Rassilon making an appearance, <laughs> spitting all over the screen. I was going to mention. I've got that in my notes here. Why? Why? Rassilon spitting on a black background shows up terribly. It does, <laughs> and it's obviously done on purpose. I just don't know, but it's a great. Yeah, I mean, to me. Um, as I said, I'd forgotten about that extra bit and I'm really glad it was there because I was, when we got to the sim going nuts, I was thinking, oh, I don't know about this. And then, yeah, then Rassilon uh, <laughs> appears on screen. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I loved it and and they look glorious. It's amazing actually that they went for this simplistic black background because a lot of people said, well, what's the budget run out then? Can't afford a set and all this sort of thing. But I think it works really well because it just shows them up. You know, the contrast with the costumes, the red, the gold. Yeah, yeah. It just looks brilliant. Um, and then we do get that final shot, which I don't know about you, but it always reminds me of that, those, um, the Phantom Menace, you know, when they're all, uh, all the little pods all around. Oh, in the political, you know oh, yeah, I mean? yeah, yes. It always it reminds me of yeah. that, where we pan back and see all the Gallop, <laughs> all the Time Lords in their little, um, whatever they're in the yeah, little balconies yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. it reminds me of that scene but uh yeah a good cliffhanger and um yeah just the fact that the, the time lords are coming back i mean it's a, a little bit like the same feeling we had at the end of heaven sent i think mm-hmm. that whole wow can't wait to see what's going to happen next so yeah. i love it and i must mention because she's in the background of this scene we get to see this woman that's been popping up bothering wilf yeah um, who's just known as the woman isn't she um yeah um and we never find out who she is and she's in the background of this scene covering her eyes 
Um, now Russell's gone on to say in his book uh, that, that 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 was supposed to be the Doctor's mum. It's never actually said on screen. It's never actually confirmed. But mm-hmm. in Russell T Davis's mind, that's the Doctor's mum. Yeah. Um, and I I quite like that actually. I like the fact that it's not said because I wouldn't want it to be so explicit. But I love the fact she's in the background and and this mysterious woman and, and that it's the Doctor's mum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that scene, actually, it's um, I think Moffat used this. Or somebody, I think I'm pretty sure that they referenced that the way that um, that woman's standing when she's covering her face and the other Time Lord to the other side of Rassel is doing the same is that that's that's the basis for the Weeping Angels. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes, well, I can see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, really, really good cliffhanger. And then we're we're straight in, aren't we, with with a really cool theme. And it really does set you up for part two. You're thinking, right, this is going to get heavy now. I almost wanted to watch it straight away, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, this whole episode made me just want to go back and watch the, the you know, the whole David Tennant era from the beginning because uh, I do dip into it now and again. Um, um, but this really, yeah, left me wanting more. And I, I didn't actually watch part two. I'm saving it for next week, so it's a bit more fresh in my mind. Mm, but, me too. But, I, but yeah. I really was tempted. Yeah, I really sort of wanted to watch the next part yeah sure so that's the end of time yes part one i don't think there's much more to say on it i'm sure we could talk for another hour about it but um (laughs) for the sake of our listeners um i don't think there's too much more to mention um let's get on scores yeah okay uh whose turn is it this week i think it's mine okay um and i will give this a eight out of ten Eight out of ten. Yes. Okay, I'm going slightly lower. I've gone seven point five out of ten. Okay. Um, I thought it was. I think there's some great stuff in there. The the pacing. The reason I've gone a bit lower is that the pacing um, of it does seem a little bit hit and miss to me. Um, I I think I don't know. It, it's good. It's an enjoyable watch. Some great stuff. But yeah, I don't know. There were times uh, a bit like when we were talking about those those two people uh joshua whoever his name is and that there's times when it lags a bit and um and i didn't like the cactus people bit and and i don't know the momentum gets lost now and again i feel okay. just every, in, in this so yeah so i've gone slightly lower but yeah it's still still good i liked it okay yeah i was thinking of yeah i think if i hadn't have rewatched it if we were just talking about it from memory mm. then i probably would have gone around a seven seven and a half but i think re-watching it has really sort of got me into the whole tenant era again and um, yeah, and I, and I know a lot of people hate it, but um, yeah, I, I, I love it. See, I don't think that, yeah, see, I don't, I wouldn't, there's not enough in there to hate. I'd mm. be interesting actually when we get onto our listeners' comments to see why. Do you think it's, do you think this episode or, or is it more next week's that's hated, do you think? So, you know, or disliked, I was just, not really hated, but do you think it's more next week's that causes all the divide more than this one? Yeah, I think it's part two. Yeah. I, I think that's the one that, that tips people over the edge or, yeah. or, or, or makes them, you know, really love it. But yeah. Cause I don't think there was that much in this to dislike really. No, it was a good story. It was, well I think it's a good and, build up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Talking of listeners, uh, reviews, let's get straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, an audio clip from, uh, our buddy, Joe Sweeney. Hello, big blue box. Hope you guys are well. I, I think it's a very great first part of, um, um, David Tennant's final story as a tenth Doctor. It has a very strong storyline from from Russell T. Davis, and also 
the, the, the story plot is very, very well written. Um, love John Sims Master. I thought it was um, very clever of um, how they um, of um, how they brought him back since they since after they left an opening for him to return at the end of the last of Time Lords. And 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 John Sims Master is my favourite incarnation because he's more zany and he's more evil compared to Michel Gomez. And great acting from Bernard Cribbins and David Tennant. Um, <clears throat> and the Doctor and Wilf do really work well together. And also, it, it has a great cliffhanger um, of of the Master Race and the Time Lord's Return. So I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Hope you join the podcast, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Joe. 9 out of 10 there from Joe. 9 out of 10, yeah. Pretty good, yep. Uh, over on Facebook, um, Kieran Knight, uh, he says, uh, some good parts but is flawed in certain parts. Uh, the speech in the cafe about regeneration being like dying doesn't sit right with me oh. uh, as it discourages change and uh, puts some people against Matt Smith from the start. Uh, John Sim is really good at the subtle moments as the master, but when he has to be on uh, full-on insane, his performance is ridiculously over the top and doesn't bear much resemblance to the likes of Roger Delgado. Mm. Uh, the only parts I was truly emotionally invested in were the parts with Wilf and Donna. Uh, Russell should have looked more into the more into why this girl wants immortality and explore the Doctor's reaction. Uh, but it feels more uh, just a device for the Master to turn all the humans into him. Um, also, the tone's a bit all over the place, but I still was entertained. Uh, for part one, he gives a six out of ten. Okay, yeah, fair Pretty enough. Pretty much fair enough. Uh, Lewis Palmer. Um, the End of Time is a story I watched a lot when I was younger. I prefer part one to two. Uh, it feels very fun with a doom-laden undertone. Uh, the cafe scene is awful, and I hate the Doctor <gasps> constantly saying, I'm going to die. Uh, the foreshadowing doesn't work as well here as it did in Logopolis. However, <laughs> Wilf is the best thing about this episode, and I love his gang, the Silver Cloak. Uh, nice little part, and then we get part two. Oh, right. So it sounds like he's not a fan of part two. Yes. Um, Interesting he didn't like the cafe scene, because we both quite like that scene, don't we? Yep. Mm. Cousins 2019. Uh, a really great story. Uh, it was a good idea to bring Gallifrey back for two episodes, uh, but not really bring it back. <laughs> uh, John Sim uh, is an amazing master, turns the craziness up to 10. A supporting cast is probably one of the best who has had. Uh, Wilf, um, you just got to love old Wilf. He is so funny um, in this, such as I thought it'd be cleaner. Uh, I think he says that about the, what does he say that about? I thought I thought it'd be cleaner. Uh, Donna makes an appearance um, but it's small but beautiful uh, the scene with Wilf and the Doctor in the cafe is one of David's best uh, the plot to the episode is awesome with the Master turning himself into every human on earth um, uh, and is quite scary uh, the shimmers are quite weird I thought the cliffhanger with Gallifrey is just amazing uh, the few seconds uh, is better than we got in Hellbent uh, this episode has got so many great moments I love it 9.5 oh right high score Yes. Um, actually, over on Twitter, Mark from Prog to Who podcast. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, he says, I think End of Time Part 1 is one of the worst episodes ever. <gasps> really? Part 2 is better, but still a poor send-off for Tenant. Uh, 5 out of 10. Wow. Not a fan, Mark. Oh, Mark, you'll have to elaborate a bit more, mate. I want to know, not the worst ever. Gosh, surely not. Christopher Law on Facebook. Uh, what a great episode. 
Uh, it was a great build-up for the second part. Uh, love the Ood, and I still manage to laugh every time when the Doctor locks the TARDIS like a car. Uh, it was great seeing the Nobles again, and Wilf taking on the companion role was just fantastic. The relationship between Wilf and the Doctor was amazing, and that scene in the cafe is probably my favourite uh, in the whole story. Not too keen on the Flying Master, uh, but that's only a small nitpick. Overall, a really strong episode, and one that I'll always choose to go back and watch 9 out of 10. Yeah, I agree about the Flying Master. It's silly. You're a bit silly, yeah. Uh, uh, last audio clip. Um, this is from Alex Kingdom. Now, the end of time part one, I really, really, really hate this episode. Now, I don't... Oh, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I just think the Doctor is unlikable. Now, it's not the fact that he doesn't want to die. I get that. It's the fact that he doesn't care about saving people and is very self-centred. Now, people say, oh, you'd be scared of death. And I'll be like, yeah, that's right. And I understand that. I'm not angry at the scared of death bit. It's, it's kind of like how he's like, oh, I don't want to save people. I'm the doctor. I'm going to die. And all this rubbish. That Why? Uh, Bernard Cribbins was an absolute delight to have on this episode because if he wasn't there this episode would just be a zero out of ten in my opinion again john sim was absolutely wasted i don't like john sim in the end of time at all and i think in end of time part one uh it's his it's his worst appearance in the show i think he's better in the next part and then i think it was the end of this episode the big cliffhanger with russell on that was very well done and i think that was really cool but the lady white concept was my favorite bit of the episode for me personally and seeing an ood again because who doesn't love the ood um ood 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 anyway guys i'm gonna give it a 6.5 out of 10 because i think it's an okay story but it's not one i pick up to watch so yeah hope you guys enjoyed the podcast i'll see you guys all later thank you alex Ooh, dude, dude. I wonder what he was going to say when he's like, I really, 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 I think it's either going to be love or hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a fan of that one. No. Uh, back on Facebook, Sammy Satine. Uh, she loves the two-parter. It still makes her cry. Uh, she says, I love seeing Wilf in the silver cloak. It's good mm-hmm. to see Donna again. Uh, Lucy Saxon messing up the Master's Return was pretty awesome. Go, Lucy. Yeah. Um, she loves how the Doctor locks the TARDIS with uh, like a car and the Ood is not amused. Um, the scene where the master finds out the drumbeat is real and not a result of his insanity is well done. Scene in a cafe was heartbreaking and it treats regeneration seriously. Uh, the Time Lord showing up at the end had me excited and frightened at the same time. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, wow. Yeah. Uh, George Coppen, uh, love part one. Brilliant way to start David's demise. Uh, love Sim as the master. He is one of my favourite masters. Uh, brilliant cliffhanger and to top it all, one of the best companions in history of who... Uh, it is Wilf. Mm. Mm. Uh, Jeff Waddle. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, part one. Didn't like Sim at all. Didn't like the whole master race joke. Tenant Cribbins, brilliant together. Part one showed promise with the return of the Time Lords, a cracking finale. And then we got part two. <laughs> so looking forward to your comments next week, Jeff. Yeah. Ryan Anthony. Great story. The plot was very strong. David Tennant was amazing in this, and so was Bernard Cribbins. Um, I love how they brought the master back, um, and I thought, uh, and what John Sim brought to that role, sorry. Uh, Eight out of ten. Fair enough. And lastly, Matt Wells. Uh, I feel like it was a great swan song for David Tennant. I didn't really think, however, that Donna's presence was needed in the episode. She didn't exactly have a lot to do. And the whole scenario of her remembering her mind will burn and she will die line, not being true, was just silly. 
and felt like a loophole to me. Time Lords coming back into the show was a fantastic addition and Timothy Dalton was simply fantastic. Uh, John Sim being brought back was nice and how he kind of saved the Doctor and Earth itself was really beautiful. Uh, 10 destroying the... Oh, well, 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 I think this is uh, going into part two now. Yeah. Um, I think he gives it a 10 out of 10. So I'm not sure if that's for part one or just the whole story, but uh, but cheers, Matt. Yes, I have to say I, I'm glad Donna was in it. I love Donna, so mm. yeah, indeedy. Uh, anything over on the Geeks handbag page? Geeks handbag, just the one from Jason Howes, who says uh, this is when they ruined the master completely. Uh, I thought the effect of the, sorry, I thought the skeletal effect, you know, when he's turning to skeleton, that mm-hmm. uh, looked good until I saw the freeze frame. It was actually pretty poor. So yeah, Jason, not much on the episode, but didn't yeah, obviously didn't really enjoy it because uh, didn't like the performance of the master. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. I'll tell you somewhere. Um, it's a, again a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it, on this one? It is a mixed bag again. Yeah. Um, and and um, I think next week's will be even more so. I think. Yes, I think um, I'm really looking forward to reviewing next week. Me Cause, too. Yeah. Because yeah. like you, I haven't watched part two yet. I'm saving that for next week or the weekend and. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. I, I can't wait to review it. Like I said, I was so tempted to watch it, but I was like, no, save it. And uh, do you know where I'd love to go right now? I can't, but do you know where I'd love to go? Go on then. To that cafe. <laughs> I really, really want us to go to that cafe, Gary. And have a chat. And have a chat. About we life mu- and regeneration. and We must do it next year. I was thinking this while I was watching it. We must go to that cafe. It's in Cardiff, right? I'm hoping so. Yeah, I'm hoping so. so. I'm going to find out where it is and... Um, yeah, I just, I really want me and you to go there and just sit. We'll have to find the exact table yep. and, and just sit there. And um, you can wear your David Tennant suit. I'll wear me uh, Wilf jumper. Yeah, we'll, we'll reenact that scene for you guys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, We'll get bring some, the cameras and crew. We'll get, close get, some, <laughs> get some of the uh, listeners to be extras outside. Yeah. Who'd be a good Donna? Let's see. Helen Jones, would you like to be Donna? Helen, um, yeah, she'd be good. Um, how else we need? Loopy Lou, she might be good. Loopy Lou, yeah. Um, yeah, what else do we need? Just a few people random, randomly walking by. Tom Dix is in Cardiff now, so he could be in it. He could be the traffic warden. Yeah, Thomas <laughs> Evans, he'd be good. Cousins. Yeah, get um, everyone in. It'd be great. Yeah, it'd be cool. We'll just we'll do a who day of <laughs> reenacting stuff. <laughs> That'd be great. What a lovely thought. Yeah, well, that's very cool. Um, so that's been our review of uh, The End of Time Part 1. You guys are in for such a treat next week. Mm. On Christmas Day. You've got our review of The End of Time Part 2 going out in the morning. And then you've got the Christmas special, The Husbands of River Song in the afternoon. So what a cool day of who for you guys. Yes. Very anticlimactic. No, no, I was confused. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking you meant our review of The Husbands of River Song. I was thinking, um, no. No, no. No, you just mean the episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, double whammy. Gotcha. Double, yeah. So that's our kind of schedule just up to the new year really so our review of um uh, the christmas special won't be until the week after which will be new year's day new year's day brilliant oh that'd be good yeah and then after that um as you guys know uh, there's no who on tv for quite a while then i think it's not till towards the end of 2016 mm. um that who's coming back so we will just do our usual stuff like we said earlier we'll just pick out we'll do one week a classic one following week one from newer who because there is still tons and tons to do oh yeah um and then we're going to do some big finish as well so it will still be a busy year and i think we're going to do um 
we'll be out to conventions again and we're going to do some recording there and all that stuff. So there'll be plenty of stuff from us until who comes back for sure. Indeedy. Indeedy. And I will think we will wrap there, buddy. Okay. So, episode 69 done and dusted. Mm. Almost the last episode of the year. I know, yeah. I One can't wait for go. next week's, actually. I'm re- really excited to see the other time part two. I mean, it's crazy. I've already seen it. But um, I, I remember so little about it that I, I'm actually really excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thank you very much. And thank you much for sending in your reviews, your audio clips and all that stuff. Please keep them coming. We're really looking forward to your thoughts on next week for part two. Yes. Um, so just throw your comments on Twitter, Facebook. Um, or if you follow Adam's Facebook for the Geeks Handbag, just throw them on there. Uh, right, trivia. Last week we asked you, what is the Paternoster Gang's address? And the answer is 13 Paternoster Row in London. Uh, and then for the second week on the bounce, we had nobody who won that. Oh, so that means they're not going to be getting any Christmas cards because no. no one knows their address. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you guys are slacking a little bit. Um, anyway. You can redeem yourself with this week's question. Um, back to the classic years, Mr. Mr. Baker, Mr. Tom Baker. Uh, who is the first person the fourth doctor offers a jelly baby? Who is the first person the fourth doctor offers a jelly baby? Ooh. Send your answer into uh, on uh, Twitter or Facebook, and we'll read the correct ones out next week if there are any. Ooh, come on, guys, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, as always, uh, be sure to check out the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can uh, listen to all the past episodes on there. Plus, we've got some other bits being posted on there at the moment as well. We're doing some reviews and other bits, so be sure to subscribe to that. And from there, you can also jump off and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and all RSS and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Also, be sure to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Absolutely loved your Sherlock location video that went out. Oh, cheers, mate. Really yes. good. Speedies. Speedies. They do a mean bacon sandwich in there. It's a great place to go. Do you know what? We've, we're recording this podcast now. It's nearly one o'clock. I'm going to go and get a bacon sandwich, I think. Now you've said oh, that. Oh, that'd be lovely. Sweet. So, yeah, check out his YouTube channel and the Facebook page. Loads of cool stuff on there. Until next week, uh, we look forward to doing the end of time part two. Remember to send us your thoughts and reviews. Until then, my name's Gary. And uh, my name's Adam. And remember... Uh, Lonzy! Lonzy!